year for Seattle. On third and 11, Wilson dancing around, trying to get away. And he can't. A sack. It's Von Miller. Michelle with a big hole. Still going. Fighting his way inside the 10. First and goal, Rams. It's Michelle breaking out. End zone throw. They can't take him away. Touchdown, Rams. Cooper Cup. Wilson going deep. Metcalf knocked away at the last moment by Ramsey. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the second episode of East Coast Rams podcast uh, with your host, uh, Zach Mayer and Ashton Spencer. Ashton, how are we doing? Doing great. I hope everyone's having a fantastic Christmas season, holiday season. Looking forward to going over this uh, Seahawks-Rams game. It was a, uh, let's say, a different type of game than we're expecting, Zach. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, definitely it was a gift to us before Christmas, but uh, I think we were we were hoping for a little more um, excitement in this game. It was kind of a lackluster game, at least on offense. Defense did a pretty good job. Yeah, the NFL, the last three or four NFL games in general were very slugfest, slow, methodical games, very defensive oriented. I mean, we had a 0-9 game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Saints. So going into this game, typically the Seahawks Rams games are not the highest scoring, but they're typically not completely defensive three to three going into half. For sure. I mean, we've, we've seen better performances from Russell Wilson in the past. Uh, and, you know, I, I, you know, looking at his stats this week, this is probably, I think from PFF was like his lowest, um, score that he's received versus the Rams in his career. So, um, yeah, definitely lackluster, uh, performance, uh, you know, on, on, especially on their offensive side. Um, but why don't we go ahead and start it with quarter number one, breaking down the game and we can dive into it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll go into the first half and first quarter, but I'm starting out, Zach, like there's not much to say. Both teams had a lot of just empty drives. The Rams end up within their uh, first drive going like 50 yards. Uh, it looks like they're about to punt. And then there's a crucial penalty on Seattle causes the Rams to get in field goal range and Matt Gay nails if the 55 yarder or let's say now pro bowler Matt Gay nails a 55 yarder very good on him good stuff and that turns out to be the only points the Rams will score in the whole half uh Seahawks basically do nothing for the first and second quarter uh, until right before the half, they get a nice little drive put together and they end up knocking a field goal of their own. Um, for the most part, I mean, the biggest play on the Rams part is not a good play in the first half. And that is a uh, deep pass intended for Cup that gets intercepted by Quandary Diggs. That's the second interception by Stafford to Quandary Diggs, where it's just like, a little, uh, it's not a little, it's not good. It's just not a good decision, a bad throw. Um, that's second time in a row he's done it to Quandre Diggs. And uh, generally, I mean, those beautiful 54-yard touchdowns, they come with this curse. You're, you're going to have some ducks in there. Uh, 
any reactions to the first half, really, like, first and second quarter, both, like, there's not much to say because there wasn't much done. No, yeah, it was definitely a defensive game. I feel like the defense gave the Rams a lot of, um, you know, good good momentum to kind of give them in a good opposition to good position to uh, come out here and just, you know, score some points. You know, the, the Rams were eating up the clock. They were driving down the field um, consistently, but, it, you know, they went forward a couple times on, you know, f- um, you know, fourth and short and, you know, weren't able to, um, you know, pick up those yards for a first down, which, you know, again, just put them kind of, you know, stuck at that three point, um, score until the half um the Stafford uh interception you know wasn't pretty um you know I didn't even see Cooper Cup you know even turn uh anywhere near that direction and so um that was just kind of the one really bad misread between the two other than that they had a great night together um but yeah you know it was you know just seeing the Rams not being able to um you know um you know, push the ball uh, down the field and get, you know, get into that uh, red zone and, and getting it into the um, getting in the end zone was, you know, something that I was really hoping to see early on. Did you agree with McVay going forward on, on that fourth and short? I mean, you know, if I, th- I think there was two of them and I can't remember which one was in the first half or the second half, but you know, if, if you're in, um, you know, if you're in their territory, that's one thing, but there was once where we did it in um, our own territory, which, you know, I, I think was the problem. I think that might've been even closer to the end of the half, but, um, but, you know, also making sure that you rely on your, you're relying on this hot defense right now. And, you know, I, you know, I, for me, I rather score the points. If you can get the points in, that's what I'd rather do, especially against a Seahawks team. But I know that, you know, you're growing up Russ Wilson, who more often than not scores touchdowns than, you know, settles for field goals. So it's definitely a hard choice. This year, it seems like a lot of teams are going on it for that fourth down stretch. Yeah, I mean, in general, I get the reasoning why. I just disagree with it because the points make it like, especially how the game was going, it was hard to get in the red zone. It was hard to get near the other end of the field. And with how hard they were playing, you take your points when you can. Now, I understand the whole, like, statistical element to it. Uh, We haven't been good on converting fourth downs. So, like, you have to look at it from your context, too, a little bit. And I feel like McVeigh, my another issue is just McVeigh isn't consistent for when he goes for it and when he doesn't. And I I hope he sorts that out because I feel like sometimes he reacts too much to people being like, why didn't you go for it for fourth, like, two games ago? Like, oh, you should have gone for it. And it's like, it depends the context, depends the situation. And I feel like in either of the situations, this game, I just don't believe it's warranted. I know hindsight is 50-50, but in general, I feel like we wouldn't have been in as difficult situations early in the fourth if we had extra points on the board. And you put Seattle in worse situations by putting points on the board. And um, that's what you want. You want to play good situational football, just like McVeigh says. And I just feel like it was a little inconsistent with how he's been doing that this year. No, I, I definitely agree. You know, they're 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 really trying, and they're really trying to get their offense, you know, that momentum they need. Um, but it just it just didn't show up in that first quarter or first half. Um, 
Von Miller gets his first sack in the first half. By the way, can't forget to put that in there. First sack as a Ram. Um, going into third quarter, uh, the opening drive by the Seahawks, the defense bends and definitely breaks Zach. Uh, they give up a, what, three-yard running touchdown to Dallas, the backup running back for Seahawks. Um, a good drive by Seattle. I don't think necessarily defense did a lot terribly wrong. It was just well put together. It was the most execution the Seahawks had the entire day, and you, it showed. They came out fresh and crisp and um, definitely the best work of their team the whole day, um, queuing the touchdown. Definitely. And um, I believe on that run, you know, there was a there's a holding a big holding call on uh, Ramsey, um, you know, mm-hmm. which which gave them additional yardage. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good run for them. Um, you know, they needed that momentum to, you know, get themselves into a better position. Um, you know, same same thing with the Rams. But, you know, the Rams responded well. They they came back, drove the ball down and, you know, the you know the Stafford Cooper Cup game was um was there and you know we got that you know uh, six yard touchdown um from them and you know that was great I mean I th- I think that was also the the drive that we got the big long Cooper Cup stretch where you know we were honestly kind of concerned for him <laughs> when he when he caught the ball and he came down and you know he kind of gave that little thumbs up that he was okay but he had to be out for a couple plays to kind of you know kind of um. He got the you know, wind knocked sure out of him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, what can we say about Cup? Like, the entire third quarter and fourth quarter was really Cup just showing why he's the best wide receiver in the NFL this year. It's just amazing work. I know we were texting back and forth, and it was kind of like, what are we going to say about the offense? But, like, Cooper Cup, and we'll get into that a little bit more specifically but uh, going later into the game, uh, the Rams get a three and out right after they score. And then the Rams end up having a just a really good early fourth quarter. Sony Michelle, what like really good, really good hard running. Some solid runs too of like 15, 20 yards. We really needed him to break out those runs when he did. Uh, Van Jefferson do like some sweeps or jet sweeps. I've been saying we needed more jet sweeps in our offense. I know we got away from it after Robert Woods got hurt, but it's nice to see Van Jefferson making good plays with that. And then uh, after we score a touchdown off of Cooper Cup again, uh, Seahawks come driving back down the field, and Jalen Ramsey makes a great pass breakup. Um, He basically said that he was trying to bait Russell Wilson into a pick. And that Russell Wilson just threw it slightly a little bit further downfield than he expected. And he had to do pass breakup instead of pick. But great play by Ramsey either way. And then uh, later in the fourth, whenever the Seahawks were trying to drive down to tie up the game on fourth down, fourth and six, I believe. uh, There's a non-call on Ernest Jones. Like, uh, yeah, it should have been a penalty. I I don't think you would disagree, Zach. No, and you know when when you first see it, you 
you almost think based on the angle I think of watching it that you know it, it was a it was a you know fair but when you go back and you rewatch it over and over again you can clearly tell that it was a pass interference call and and that's probably what the you know the line judges saw when you know the refs when they saw it was they didn't see the contact they were the especially where the ball was placed and things like that but you go back and rewatch it and you can clearly tell that it was a pass interference you know i know there's a lot of um a lot of pointing fingers especially you know with the you know the previous game and uh you know on the run on the championship night against the saints um like oh this is the rams getting it again but the difference there's a big difference the seahawks weren't playing well um you know they they weren't making that comeback and you know it it, it wasn't really a game ceiling um uh, effort um it is what it is we, you got you kind of have to pick it up and move on if you're going for it on fourth and six in your own territory you're desperate that's that's what it comes down to you're just desperate in that point in time and um Really, uh, it should have been called. It wasn't. I don't think it changes the game at all. Just like the Saints got the ball in overtime that game too. They had an opportunity to win it, and they didn't. And that's that's what it comes down to. Um, going into the fourth quarter, the Rams have a good drive. They end up having Matt Gay kick a field goal that basically ends up uh, icing the game, and the Rams end up just draining clock, and you have Seattle going to desperation mode and the Rams end up winning 20 to 10. Uh, Zach to you, what are some of the offensive highlights from this game? Well, I think, you know, we we've, we've said it all day and, you know, we continue to say it week over week and it's, it's, it's Cooper cup. Um, you know, with, you know, during this game, he did a couple of things. One, uh, past Isaac Bruce, most receptions as a wide receiver for the Rams. Um, you know, Isaac Bruce had 119 and, uh, Cooper Cup left the game with 122, so surpassed it, and will continue to surpass it as the next couple weeks go on. Um, but you know, like I said, it, it, it's Cup. I mean, the he he has to be an MVP candidate. If if you know, we're all, we're trying to figure out what other non QBs um, are going to be in the mix. You know, we already have Aaron Rodgers, and we have Tom Brady. Tom Brady's hasn't didn't look so great without his weapons out there. Um, so now who else are we looking at? We're looking at Jonathan Taylor with the Colts. He's done a great performance as a running back position, but you have to consider Cooper cup. Um, you know, he's looking for that triple crown. Um, you know, he has 122 receptions first in the league, uh, 100 and, uh, 1,625, um, receiving yards first in the league, 14 touchdowns as a receiver first in the league. You know, he's he's really the one driving that offense. He's the person who's out there who, you know, if Stafford's in a pickle, he knows that, you know, Cup is able to, you know, break away from his defenders. It doesn't matter if, if you're in man-to-man, he breaks away. If you're in zone coverage, he finds a way to slip through two to three receivers so that he has the ball, which he did for that um, – uh, for that 29 yard touchdown, which everyone was like, where was he throwing it to? And you just, you just see him pick up the ball and, you know, drive it in for that touchdown. So, you know, he's, he's number one, as far as it goes, as far as the the highlights go. What are your thoughts? Uh, No, definitely. Like you're talking about, he made the pro bowl to uh, really, really, really impressive work by cup and really offense can summarize as, Cup making huge third down plays, making huge TD catches, um, being able to read coverage. It's just a lot of impressive stuff when you hear him speak. And he talks about like virus, 
fire zone coverages and stuff like that, you can tell he can read when you're going in the zone, when you're going in man and what you're trying to do. And if you're not 100% on what you're, where you're supposed to be as a DB, like he can go behind you underneath you, make those throws easier for Stafford or make them to the point where it's a difference between 20 yard catch and a touchdown. And it's just, mm-hmm. or a pick and a touchdown. And it's a lot of really good stuff from Cooper Cup. He really does have a QB mind inside a wide receiver's body. And um, got to give Stafford credit after a nasty pick. He comes back, throws a simple touchdown, and then a really, really great throw. Uh, that second touchdown was a really, really impressive throw. And being able to anticipate where Cooper Cup will be in a perfect angle to where it would be in Cooper Cup's hands, but it goes over a DB. That's not an easy throw. Not every QB can make that throw, and really good work by him. And then oh, Sony it, Michelle. No, you're good. I was just going to say he also had two defenders. Like, he had one second, and yeah. he – I mean, he got hit on the back. I mean, he was flat on his back watching it from the ground when when Cooper Cup made that touchdown. So – you know, it was um, it was a definitely one of the best plays he's he's done uh, this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then talking about great plays, eighteen carries, ninety two yards. Sony Michelle, a lot of really hard running. It wasn't always working out, but like hopefully uh, McVeigh's learning more and more. Like it doesn't have to fully work because it sets up the play action. And Stafford is so good in play action, and teams have to respect it because if if they don't completely fall for it or they don't completely respect it, then Sony Michelle breaks out a 20, 30 yard run and just really good work by him. Um, Henderson, at least to me, he doesn't look fully healthy. Um, I know some people are like pro Henderson, anti Michelle or like vice versa. I'm, I'm a little bit neither. I, I feel like both have their perks and drawbacks. They're different running backs, but Generally, Henderson doesn't look 100% to me. Yeah, I mean, if, if Henderson has his hole, he's he's able to, you know, kind of speed out. Um, I think he might be a little faster than um, Sonny Michelle, but, you know, I you know I think Michelle, he's the person who's going to get you that extra one or two yards if he's if he's met by defenders, uh, or three to four yards if uh, if he's met with defenders. So um, I definitely think Sonny Michelle is kind of lead back right now, um, especially as we enter in, the, you know, this, you know, this, this big push, um, you know, where, you know, we're really trying to, you know, incorporate that heavy run game into the pass game, which I think will help alleviate um, the pressure on uh, Stafford and, you know, the, the receiving core. Mm-hmm. And talking about, well, let's talk about O-line a little bit where I'll admit, like I didn't have a lot of faith going into the season into Brian Allen. I, I really expected him to struggle somewhat like he did in 2019. But like within few first few games, you could tell like there was growth there. He was doing really good. Um, but man, Bobby Evans, this game, he, he was rough. He was a sore spot for the O-line. And you could tell he was um, he wasn't ready for it. And he wasn't ready for it in 2019. I feel like he's had a few decent games, but he's always, you're hearing his name and that's not a good thing for O-linemen. No, you know, and it, it, it was kind of a tragedy that, you know, we had Havenstein out, we had Nopum out. And so we had, and so, you know, Bobby Evans is the next man up. 
um, you know, and he's good to come in to kind of help relieve, help alleviate some of the the pressure on the O line to kind of give people a little bit of rest. But you know, as being kind of a you know um, a, a lead offensive lineman, you know, it it, it really showed the weakness in him. Um, you know, and I think that kind of didn't help the offense out um, as much. You know, Stafford had four sacks, which wasn't you know. It was it wasn't that great, and one of those was on you know Whitworth, and you know those things happen. But you know that offensive line needs to be strong for the running game to work, for the passing game to work, um, and it just seemed a little bit weaker um, on that side of the ball than uh-huh. um, than in the past weeks. Yeah, you you could tell you were missing a uh, you you were missing a starter there on right guard. Uh, let's go to some halftime Rams news. Uh, Lions defeat the Cardinals to give a chance to the Rams to win division. Uh, the Rams are still like half a game behind technically because Arizona holds the division tiebreakers. So the Rams, I believe, either need the Cardinals lose to the Seahawks and if they went out, the Rams can lose another one and they would have the tiebreaker if the Cardinals lose to Seahawks. Or the Rams uh, have to win out and the Cardinals lose another of any of the other games. Um, so it's not going to be completely easy, but there is a chance. There's a chance, I'm telling you. There's a chance. Yeah, I mean, if if the Lions can, can come in and, you know, and not just defeat the Cardinals. I mean, they beat them by 18 points you know the right now the probably the worst team in the nfl considerably beat the arizona cardinals which at that point in time was you know number one seed in the nfc so you know it it could be this instance where we've seen it before where the cardinals you know try to make this run and then they just start falling off at the at the worst moment um so that can give the the rams the momentum they need to you know kind of get into that that number one um, spot in the NFC West. Mm, And possibly a number two seed. Um, Number one seed now is probably Green Bay's. I don't see us being able to get that unless if they completely collapse, which they won't because they play the Bears again. Like it's almost done deal. If we get a seed, the highest will be two. Um, We have some Pro Bowl selections, Zach. Cooper Cup, A.D. Ramsey, uh, and Gay. Uh, You know, no shockers there. Uh, Like we were talking about beforehand, uh, my only disagreement is not having Stafford in there. Having Kyler Murray over Stafford is a weird choice if you look at their statistics. Um, But in general, like, I don't disagree with any of them, and I, I only disagree with one guy being snubbed. So... No, I, you know, I'm 100% with you. Um, you know, a lot of times this pro ball selection, you know, it, it has to do not only with the fans, but the players and the coaches and, you know, seeing a, you know, a talented quarterback like Kyle Murray, um, having an exceptional year. Um, yeah, the last two weeks haven't looked well for him. And that was kind of, um, after the pro ball, um, you know, votes were in, but, um, but yeah, not having Stafford in there, you know, as you know, not an alternative um, was kind of disappointing to see, you know, uh, Rams only getting, you know, four players, four players is great to have in a, in a pro ball. Um, but there are teams who do have, who did bring a little bit more um, 
into it. I think the Colts got seven and the Chargers got six players in. So, you know, hoping to get, you know, a little bit more of our guys in there. But, you know, the NFC West or the NFC is a tough, um, tough, tough uh, caliber of players. And, you know, trying to get, you know, all the stars in there is is very difficult. Uh-huh. Uh, we also got some activate. It feels like Christmas. Uh, it really does. Got some activization. Oh, God, I can't say that word. From COVID reserve list. Got Terrell Burgess, Rob Havenstein, and Oboe back. So some big names there, especially what Rob Havenstein. Uh, we really need him uh, at right tackle there. Um, having Bobby Evans slide in there, that that didn't work out so well. And I feel like our line's going to be a lot better having him in against the Vikings. Yeah, and, you know, this whole COVID situation, you know, I and, and that might have been the other reason why our offense didn't get a slow start. I think the defense can play pretty well um, if they're not able to practice. Um, but, you know, your offense is you're, – you're, you're trying to make that connection between all of your players and making sure they're all on the same page and – you know, those design plays of, of things like that. So I think COVID affected the offense um, more than it did the defense. I think they gave the defense more time to rest, um, but uh, disallowed the offense to play and sing because they weren't able to actually practice until um, they did walkthroughs on Sunday, but they didn't actually practice until like Monday. Um, so I definitely think that's what affected it and having these players back um, and able to, you know, start that rhythm up before Sunday's game. Cause again, it's a, it's a short week um, to play, mm-hmm. but, uh, but hopefully they can be ready and ready for the challenge. Yeah. I mean, um, impressive what they did on having not a lot of preparation time, especially on offense. Uh, it could have went a lot worse, and we still got dubbed. So, uh, really good work by McVay on getting the team prepped as much as he could. Um, defense going into these big highlights, uh, like we said, Von Miller gets his first sack. Really, really, really nice play by him uh, as Russell Wilson was trying to escape pocket. And then defense playing lights out. Uh, Zach, I, I just think in general, like we had a Floyd sack, a AD sack. I'm just really balling out, shutting down. When you hold Russell Wilson to 10 points, you're having a good day. Oh, oh, very much so. Um, you know, we held him to 156 yards. Um, he was 17 of 31, you know, had his one interception by rap, you know, our defense just, you know, they were, they just, they just had us call, you know, yes, they didn't have Lockett on their team and, but they, you know, they, they still have the players. They still have Metcalf. They had, you know, Penny and Dallas. Penny seemed like he didn't even do anything that game. It was pretty much as Dallas's show that night. Um, but the defense was, was just on top of them. They're bringing the pressure. Um, you know, it's, it's always nice when you get, you know, you know, your, your, your three stars, Von Miller, Floyd and AD, you know, each getting their own sack in the game. Um, Ramsey, what, what can you really say about him? He had two big breakups against Metcalf. He did have two penalties. One was a holding one should have also been a holding, but they called it a PI, but you know, those are, those, those things are going to happen when you're, you're, you're going up against, you know, uh, a high caliber receiver like Metcalf and, you know, an aggressive, um, defensive back like like Ramsey is so um 
So I'm okay with that. He he stopped the big plays from happening. Sometimes you have to do a PI from making or a you know a hold or a PI from making you know the big explosive plays happen. So sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it's not. Just all depends. Yeah, you you definitely um, if you have a 30 yard PI versus a 50 yard touchdown, you'll take the 30 yard PI any day. And it, you know, Ramsey isn't perfect. He'll make mistakes, and he has from time to time. But he was pretty on point this game, being out last week, and it was pretty seamless. Uh, Dante Dion had a few really good plays. I want to give him a shout-out. He had a really impressive pass breakup. I don't know if that was on DK. I think it was. Uh, But just, like, the entire defense showing up. Uh, I think we really missed Dante Dion last week also. Yeah, they, I mean, the Rams just had that that the field covered. Um, you know, they didn't really have Russell Wilson had time in the pocket. I, you know, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, he's just sitting there. He has time and time and time, and he couldn't find anybody to throw it to. And that's just a a really good job by our quarterbacks, our defensive backs, um, our safeties, just making sure that they had no options. And hopefully, they continue at that throughout the next couple of weeks to make the big push. Mm-hmm. Just a few quick throws to Everett is really all they got the entire night. And a yeah, few when, quick throws to Metcalf. Yeah, I think Everett, Everett was their number one receiver, which is kind of crazy. Four receptions for 60 yards. That's all I, that's, that's their big stats for the wide receiving role. Yeah. And it was, uh, and then the non PI call, we kind of gone over that and Taylor Rapp ending the game, uh, sealing it with the interception, uh, he, I remember, I think it was last year, he dropped a similar interception that would have ended a game, and it just kind of kept on going on. I know a few weeks ago we had a game where we had like three players in a row drop interceptions. I, I think mm-hmm. that was the Cardinals game. Um, but good on him for catching it. Um, I felt like he's improved. Uh, his coverage has improved. I'm still not big on him being a starter. I think he's good and spurts at least personally uh i like him more near the box being like more of a rushing jamal adams types for mixing in coverages and stuff like that every so often but i don't like him as like a pure strong safety i feel like he needs to work on his own coverage a lot and he he has had games where he just gets toasted the entire night and um it wasn't one of these so uh, good on him yeah, no, I, you know, this was one of those nights where I was, I was pleased with Rap's performance. But then again, uh, Seattle didn't really have much on the field as like wide receiver two or three. Yep. Yep. Fully agree. So you want to talk about next, go to quarter four, talk about next game. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's talk about some Vikings. All right. Well, it, you know, the Rams winning this, this Vikings match would clinch playoff berth for them if they, if they do win. Um, so, you know, hoping that that happens. Um, but you know, this is a team that's a, it's a, it's an interest, it's a weird team. Um, you know, you never really can count the Vikings out, um, in, in any contest, you know, they're in the same division as green Bay. So they, um, they did beat them earlier. They did, they, they did beat them. They still have a, they still have one more match to against them. Right. I think that's still on their, their record, but, um, you know, they have wins against Seattle, Detroit, Carolina, Chargers, um, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Chicago, but then they've uh, lost to 
Arizona Bengals. They lost to Detroit, which again, that, you know, Detroit's two wins were against uh, the Vikings and then against the Cardinals. So um, it's just a, uh, it's just a, such a weird team, which you never know what you're going to see when, when they come out on the field. Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, very mm-hmm. much. Yeah, so like the the weird thing about the Vikings is that their offense is top ten, a uh, really good offense, and it's weird, and not weird. It's just weird because Zimmer was hired as a defensive coach, and the Vikings last three years really have been known for really good offense, especially really great running back play. Uh, but their defense this year, especially has been not good. Unlike, like, last week we touched on the fact that Seattle, their defense gave up a lot of yards, but they weren't giving up a lot of points. Uh, The Vikings' defense is not that. They give up a lot of yards and a lot of points. They are almost near, like, they're 29th for TDs given up. So, Zach, uh, what are some of the things you think we could take advantage of uh, in this matchup? Because it has a potential to be a shootout. It does. I mean, you know, one of the things is our, our offense has to get their rhythm down first. I mean, I'm, I'm not concerned about our defense. I think our defense can hold up, um, hold up really well against this Vikings offense, but with, you know, with Kirk cousins, I think they can bring them the pressure and they can, you know, make sure that his weapons are very limited, but our offense just needs to get in rhythm as quickly as possible. Um, getting in there, you know, getting their distribution, you know, it, that's something that they just have to get done. What about you? Yeah. Sure. Uh, I, I think our biggest key is just being able to have a good balance attack and keep Kirk Cousins off the field. I think that's a very important thing. Keep Dalvin Cook off, um, take a lot of time and force them into mistakes when they do get on the field. And hopefully our pass rush, um, the Vikings have had a really good O-line this year. So it'll be a struggle to try to get pressures and sacks. But if anyone can, our front should definitely be able to. And just uh, trying to win that turnover turnover defense, like turnover battle. Um, we struggled with that the last few weeks, and I hope we can just turn it around, get turnovers, play a clean game. Um, it is definitely a winnable game. They could be very Jekyll Hyde. They could come out and be awful, and we could blow them out. Or it could be a shootout. It's a very, like, you, you don't get a good sense because the Vikings are just very sporadic with how they perform. Because, really, it's either their offense winning the game or they're just if their offense isn't on, then everything goes to crap for them. Yeah, I'm just kind of reviewing this their stats a little bit. You know, Kirk Cousins, his completion rate sixty six point one percent, averages seven point three yards uh, per throw. Um, and then just yeah, looking at it, you know, we have to stop the we have to stop the run game. You know, if they keep I think one of the problems that we we've seen in the past is, you know, if they, if they, uh, the other team establishes that run and they just keep pounding and throwing short passes and eating up the clock, it's really hard for, you know, the Rams to kind of make up that time. They get, they seem to just, they want to rush, 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 rush when they're down. And 
you know, if they take away all that time, they don't have that, they don't have that, you know, comfort of, okay, we, we still have time. So then they get in that rush offense. And I don't think the Rams have always played well in that rush offense. Not saying that they don't do well if, you know, they're doing a, you know, a hurry up offense, but when they're trying to rush um, to, you know, get additional points, that's when they start making the big mistakes. Yeah, this is a possession team. You do not, this is not the team you want to, like, let's say they go down the field, get a field goal first drive, and then we have a fumble on the 20-yard line and give it right back to them. This is not that type of team you want to give a 10-point lead to in the first quarter. Not that type of team. Because they will be able to put us away and kind of hold us down the whole match, I truly believe. Um, so hopefully we come out clean and we make it a good competitive game. And uh, let's go into predictions, Zach. Oh, what you have? You do you have a W, a L, and by how much? Because yeah, we're so pretty I, close last week. Yeah, um, I don't even. I should write these down when we give these predictions. Um, so for this week, I do have the Rams winning. Um, I do think this is a this is a winnable game. Um, and I will, I'm going to guess a 27 to 17. Uh, I am going to say 34 to 27. I think a higher scoring game. uh, I feel like uh, it becomes a little bit of a shootout the second and third quarter and the Rams just kind of, kind of, put distance between themselves in the fourth quarter and put it away pretty early in the fourth and keeping it away from Vikings, but it should be a great game. Um, the rest of our season, uh, now is a really should be dirty competitive games, no gimmies, uh, and we'll have to work for that, uh, playoff seating, which, uh, I'll be excited to see kind of where we end up. Yeah, because you know, I think last week we were we were kind of, you know, um, just discussing where which team we're going to be up against. But man, it's so hard to to decide. You know, you know, we are on top of the wild card race uh, as at least as of right now. But man, knowing what team is actually going to be um, in the playoffs is just going to be an up and flow battle um, with all the teams that are in the you know the seven and eight win column right now, including the 49ers and. Um, you know, we, you know, we were going to have to face probably the Cardinals or the 49ers at some point in time throughout the playoffs. It's what it looks, it's what's starting to look like. Yeah. And, um, it's still technically possible that if the, like I was looking into it, the Cardinals that they lost out and we lost out, we both could miss the playoffs. Technically, uh, that's still a possibility. Is it likely? Right, no, yeah. but, but Again, nothing's a given. You have to go against every team every week and just try to keep it in your control, and it's in the Rams' control right now. If they win, they get a playoff spot, and um, that's not always granted, as we saw in uh, 2019. Um, We were one win away there, and uh, hopefully we can pull it out this year and I'll be excited. Uh, it, it looks like I'll probably end up going to a playoff game, possibly. So if that happens, uh, I'll be excited to be reporting from there. And, man, Zach, watching these Rams in the playoffs, that's 
hasn't happened often and got to be grateful for when it does. Oh, very much so. You know, definitely looking forward to, you know, getting my playoff uh, gear um, in place um, once that time comes. Yeah. Well, so everyone, if you want, you can always send questions and feedback to feedback at eastcoastrams.com. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, I'm RamFanAshton1, and you can get my man Zach at Zach Mayer, uh, M-A-I-E-R. Uh, just spell that out for you guys. Um, Zach, looking forward to next week. Uh, I hope everyone has a great Christmas and let's go Rams. Let's get that W against the Vikings. Let's get that win.